Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. Now, we're sitting here in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis right now, and I wanted to talk to everyone today before we get started with our conversation about, obviously the situation is difficult, but this is actually a time to start thinking about your business in a way that you probably haven't been able to before. I was talking to a friend a little while ago that was saying how for the last eight years, they've been driving a sports car at 80 miles an hour, and that's amazing, but all of a sudden, that car has had the tires knocked out, the engine's broken, and it's in the shop. And while it's never fun to be in the shop, this is the time to open up your hood and start checking underneath for the things that you weren't aware of when you were in cruise control going 80 miles an hour. The beauty of that is that I really believe on the back end of this crisis, there is going to be immense opportunity. And not that there's not opportunity during the crisis, I think there is, but I believe on the back end of this thing, there's going to be a couple different factors in play. One is going to be some pent-up consumer demand. I do believe, to some degree, people are going to want to go out and do home improvement projects because they've been stuck in their homes for the last however many months. On the other hand, I think that there's actually going to be less competition. And the reason why is that we're seeing this crisis affect businesses in different ways. Some businesses are being proactive. They're attacking it. They're thinking critically. They're understanding, what do I need to do long-term? How can I align my business right now in the midst of this pandemic to set us up to win long-term in the future? There's other companies that are thinking absolutely short-term, where it's immediate layoffs or furloughs. There's not thought or explanation as to why are we doing the things that we're doing, and is this something that's going to just get us through the next month, or is this setting our company up for the next 10 years? And because of that, I think you're going to see some of these short-term thinking companies either A, drop off completely, or be extremely hindered. Because when the demand comes, they're not going to have installers, they're not going to have a sales team, they're not going to have service techs in the same way that the proactive companies that have really thought this through have. So I want to offer that word of encouragement. Along the lines of this, I want to talk about the new sales funnel that every business needs to have. So right now, whether your showroom is open or closed, there's a new digital sales funnel that you have to be utilizing. It's three simple steps. Step one is engaging customers via chat on your website. Now, stage two is that while you're engaging customers via chat, you have a series of quick pricing guides in front of you so that you can give the customer information as to the price range of their project to establish an anchor point. Once you've established the anchor point with the customer, then it's time to get out to the house. Now, in the midst of this crisis, that's going to be the house virtually. And so stage three of the sales funnel is scheduling a FaceTime or Zoom or some kind of digital consultation to quote unquote walk through their house as if you were actually there and sell a job. This is something that we've been seeing a lot of companies have success with. And frankly, everybody needs to be doing it. It's one of those things that it doesn't take a ton of money to do this. It's very low cost, and the return has the potential to be very good for your company. 
Now, before we get to the interview, I just want to mention that we have a Patreon account for the Firetime Podcast. So if this podcast gives you value and it's something that you want to help support financially, you can go to the website, patreon.com slash it's firetime. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash it's firetime. You can contribute whatever you feel like is the right amount, but if this gives you value, we want to find extra ways to grow this podcast and make the quality of the content even better, and that takes some money to do. We'd love your support in that. Now, I'm excited for today's conversation because this is with one of the owners of UBG, the United Buyers Group, and UBG is something that I'd kind of heard of for years and didn't know a lot about, and as I started talking with them and hearing what they're doing... I think that there's something that's worth sharing for the entire industry. And what it comes down to is when you listen to Dom's story, I want you to listen to the fact that everything started because of a group of dealers that teamed up together. And there's something to be said for encountering a problem, teaming up with like-minded but different businesses and attacking it together. So we'll circle back at the end and talk about this. But in the meantime, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Joining me live from New Orleans is one of the owners of the United Buyers Group. He's also the Director of Business Development, and I'm joined here today by Dominique Paget. Dom, how you doing, man? Very good. You? I'm doing great. You know, we've been corresponding for a number of months now, but it's great to actually meet you in person and, and be able to talk. You know, have you been in New Orleans before? Yeah, yeah. Several times. Several times. Because you, you've been in the industry for a while now, right? Yeah, about 19 years. Yeah. 19 years. Yeah. A little bit. Well... I'm excited for this conversation as, as I've gotten to know you a little bit and UBG. I think that there's just some really cool things that we can share with our industry that even for me, I've been in it for a while and I just wasn't that aware of. But how did you get started in the industry? Actually, um, when I was just out of high school, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had been working in uh, with a janitorial service company uh, through high school. And uh, so... Out of high school, I decided, hey, maybe I, I could work for about a year and figure out what I want to do. So I started to go get my own uh, contracts uh, in offices, and one of our customers became uh, SBI today, Stoveviller okay. International. So we were cleaning their offices, their factory. I had uh, came up with, in a fairly short time, with about 12 employees. And uh, I just got into that turmoil, forgetting what I wanted to yeah. do in life anyway. So uh, when we had our daughter, it, it made us reflect, like me and my wife, okay, we're, I was not going to do that forever. Yeah. So um, I decided to go back to university and get going. And one of my employees, he told the owners of SBI, they were called uh, Drolet Stoves and Fireplaces at the time. And he, he was worried because he, his boss was going back to school. He thought he would lose his job, yeah. you know. So so the owners of SBI called me and they said, Dumb, uh, what are you doing? And I explained to them, you know, what, what was happening, what I want, that I needed a change, go back to what I really wanted to do. And then they offered me, would you come and work for us? Just like that. Wow. And without really knowing what I would be doing, actually. 
So um, they asked me if I spoke English. <laughs> because and you said en français? Yeah, yeah, because everything is in French in yeah, Quebec yeah. City, right? So I said, well, I can, you know, I can make my way in English, but it was not great. Um, and it's okay, so we'll figure it out. Can you start the uh, uh, first week of September, right after Labor Day? And they had me come in August 2001 uh, to build up binders. And they told me, okay, maybe you could make a route, you know, in eastern Ontario and visit stores and uh, plan that trip, make appointments. So that's what I did through August part-time. Mm -hmm. And then I hit the road in September, called on dealers, and they gave me a pad to write orders. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Tim, like some dealers were asking me, what, what is an EPA certified stove? And I had no clue. <laughs> but I wrote orders for it and I came back to the office and I had written orders. And that's how I, we got going. So I helped with marketing, helped a little bit with sales, with procurement, technical support. I was filling in the holes of the small company yeah. uh, of SBI back in 2001. Wow. Okay. So how did that roll into UBG specifically? Actually, uh, after a few months, the SBI offered me to move uh, to Ontario west of Toronto, about 600 miles away or a thousand kilometers mm -hmm. away from Quebec City. Yeah. So, uh, so we took our little one, two and a half year old, and my wife was like, let's go, let's do it. Yeah. And in Ontario, I got to meet with fireplace store owners that belonged to that buying group. Yeah. And it was in the early days, it was in 2002. And they were telling me about that group, that I should meet the owners of that group. But it was a bit of a mystery. Who are they? How do you find them? And with persistence, I was able to locate one. Yeah. And uh, then I made contact with them that way, tried to make them an offer to make maybe build wood stoves for that little group. Yeah. But I had no idea how big they were. They were trying to play the big shots a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. So, And then it took from 2002 till 2005 before we really got their attention. And uh, I remember I was at, at a trade show, one of the HPB Expo, and I saw on a badge, like the name of one of the owners of the UBG, yeah, uh, George Brewa. And I saw United Buyers Group, and I literally grabbed his arm, <laughs> pulled him into the It's a great booth. way to meet somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and he was looking at me, what are you doing, right? But I'm French-Canadian. I, I can get, you know, I can get some permission that yeah, way. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I ended up showing him what we could do for their group. And now I had his name. I had, you know, like a location, phone number. And then I you know, started the follow-up with him, and finally they, he invited me to uh, their event in uh, Cleveland. And we displayed some stoves that we could make for the group. And in the room, there was about 40 people. And I thought, you know, from my little young spirit, that the deal was in, in the bag, you know, like it was a slam dunk. Yeah. Well... They all criticized the stove line. It was not up to their standard. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was like, coming out of it, I was like, man, like these guys are difficult. Yeah. You know? But we said, no, we're not going to give up on this. So we had a group of them come to the factory and we said, okay, how do you want your stoves? 
And then they started to tell us, okay, we want that ash plug to be right here and little details. And so we designed the stove line according to what they wanted. Wow. And uh, we launched it in uh, 2006 uh, at the HPBA in uh, Salt Lake City. Wow. And we had the stove line there. It was called Enerzone. It was brand new to market and built for the UBG at the time. And this is how we got going. Yeah. So my relationship with them started that way. Yeah. So as you back up, if you were to explain to somebody, what is UBG? What are you guys after? So basically, maybe the history of the yeah. UBG would explain it. Yeah. So, so there were, in, in the U.S., uh, the founders of their group, George Brewa and Roy Mielda, they're both from Wisconsin, each owned two stores. And they had been very successful with their fireplace stores uh, over the years. And what, what triggered them to do something, their major supplier that they had at the time uh, decided to go straight to retail, opening stores. And they didn't know what to do with it. And initially, they decided to continue on, but it just didn't work out. It was hard to compete. So they were like, okay, if we cannot compete on fireplaces, obviously, it's a manufacturer going straight to retail. Yeah. How do you survive in business? Uh, so they, in their mind, it was, well, if we cannot compete on fireplaces, if we buy better on everything else, yeah. maybe we have a shot. So it was more of a survival mode at the time. Sure. Like necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah. Pain. Yeah. So, so basically they called each other up and they said, okay, we need to help out each other, help each other out. And they decided to try to buy, let's say, venting together and see how much they could save by combining their own purchases. And then there were other accessories they tried to buy together and then they realized there were savings to be had. It just makes sense. The more you buy. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, economics 101. Exactly. And then they were like, okay, are there other dealers in the same situation that see the threat coming at them? Or Yeah. So they reached out to those and they joined and they tried to organize something together, but it was very much like, you know, survival mode, disorganized in some ways. And attempting to work together and everybody has to do something, you know, it was hard to coordinate. Yeah. So they had a few setbacks in, in the early days. And, but in the meantime, in Canada, similar situation, a group of guys in Ontario, they were buying stuff together. Yeah. They had like 13 stores and they were combining purchases from a group of manufacturers. And it would set up like drop deliveries across Ontario. And, and then they got to know about the U.S. group. And in 2002, they merged the two, the Canadian little group okay. and the American little group. They merged to become one. Okay. And that's when UBG was formed? Yeah. So at, ultimately, it was about buying better, but to create greater margins, not to be able to discount. Yeah. So they believe that if you can deepen your margins, 
it's, it allows you to reinvest back in your business. Absolutely. Become stronger in your marketplace. Uh, hire better people. Uh, treat your employees better. It all goes together. Yeah. We'll get back to our conversation with Dominique Paget in just one second. Hey, everyone's looking for ways that their business can stay relevant in the midst of today's crisis. But the truth of the matter is that businesses all over our country are leaking money because of their website, their showroom experience with customers, and their lack of organized follow-up. Now, this is something for the last eight years you may have been able to get away with, but that's not the case anymore. When you think about it, a customer that's going onto your website or into your showroom really has two questions. They want to know, number one, what options are going to work in my space? And number two, how much is it going to cost? The problem on a website is that fireplaces have all kinds of insider information and they're categorized in ways that don't make sense to consumers, so they get confused and hit the back button. Now, you might think it gets better in the showroom, but in most showrooms, people get marched from product to product to product and they walk out with a brochure, a business card, and no way for the business to follow up with them. A lot of the time, after these interactions, a salesperson goes back to their desk wondering why there's so many tire kickers coming in lately, when the truth is that those customers would have purchased if the salesperson would have written them up in estimate. Now, for the estimates that team members do have, follow-up is many times lackadaisical because there's no system or process to it. If this is sounding eerily familiar and you want to patch the holes on your website, in your showroom, and with your follow-up system, then you need to go to WiFire.com. WiFire is a sales system that we've built over the last three years to do three things. Patch the holes in your website, supercharge the effectiveness of your sales team on the floor, and give you a rock-solid follow-up method that you and your team can use for success. And signing up is really easy. You go to WiFire.com, W-H-Y, fire.com. You can watch a simple introduction video explaining how this works in more detail and then choose the Wi-Fi package that's right for you. Don't let this crisis cause your business to slide any farther. It's time to take control and you can do that by going to wifire.com. I want to piggyback on that real quick because I think that there's sometimes there's a mentality where people can view profit and margin is evil, right? Like if I'm making extra margin, then that means I'm price gouging my customers. And I think that naively, when I first got into the industry, it's easy to have a perspective like that. But the truth is, is I've gotten to be, you know, more and more seasoned and higher up in my company. You start to see that, man, like margin is your lifeblood and more profitability. Like, yeah, maybe a little bit more goes into the owner's pocket, but you know what? Like most of that money is going back into the company. Just like you said, investing into better people, better trucks, you know, higher wages. That doesn't exist without profit margin. So I, I just want to affirm that that's awesome. You guys are creating that for businesses. Yeah, and ultimately it allows us to serve our customers better for the long run. Yeah. Right? So uh, we want those customers to come back because they're happy to do business with us. Yeah. yeah. So... The way that I understand it, though, is that UBG is not just about partnering to get better margins. You guys do that, but you're also investing in just like overall ways to grow their business. Is that fair? Yeah, that is fair to say. So, you know, obviously, retail stores, they need products, physical products to sell. So that is definitely a part of what we want to help with. Um, retail stores, they also need services, right? So uh, it, it can be... Um, 
services that relate to you know the credit card processing the financing the it can be about freight yeah uh, it can be about web services so there, there's insurance there's a lot of pain in insurance especially in the US yeah so we're trying to see okay we need products for sure but we need also to help out on other aspects of the business yeah and the principle applies in all we do it, the more we are like to leverage the uh, power the better are the chances to get better agreements in place. Yeah. So you set this up. Do you, you protect territories then, or how do you how yeah. do you select dealers to be a part of your group? Yeah, territory is very critical, yeah. right? Like a, when you meet with a, a dealer, you know the territory matters. Yeah. Especially in the fireplace industry, uh, we work in a small niche. You know, in the global scheme of things. Yeah. So it's normal to expect territorial protection. If we're committing to something, yeah. Um, so within the UBG, we have uh, exclusive territories, and the way it works, uh, our members even have a veto as to decide who will be oh, wow. their neighbors. So, so let's say um, a dealer in—I'll use a, an example—in Portland wanted to become a member. We would have to submit. Uh, his uh, application to their region so to make sure that everybody's comfortable wow. to work with that dealer and that there may be you know crossovers we may have to compete here and there but it cannot be on a daily basis that we have to match a quote yeah wow so that's that's a very dealer first mentality which is cool it's just really cool. I mean, there's there's a lot of manufacturers that could take note of that, of, of putting their dealers first and making sure that they're in a win-win relationship with the people that are around them. So if you've got all these dealers that are combining for buying power, how have you been able to keep good relationships with manufacturers to where they don't feel like they're being worked over a barrel by you? Actually, uh, manufacturers are, are very precious to us, yeah. right? So um, we our goal is... To help our manufacturers grow their market shares, um, it's our goal is to provide them with the best dealer list there is in North America. Mm. Um, so sometimes a manufacturer may may be strong in an area of the continent. Maybe they're very strong in the Northeast. Yeah, but west of the Mississippi, it's been a little hard. So, uh, so they. They may grant us a super good agreement um, that would give their existing dealers maybe in the Northeast a greater discount than they would have had otherwise. But mm -hmm. the growth that that manufacturer will see on the Western side yeah. pays way more to them than what they're giving away in the Northeast. Yeah. And you have seen you do cool things too, even like private labeling fireplaces and grills and things yeah. just, to, just to get some exclusivity for the dealers and frankly for the manufacturers too yeah so that they're not competing in the same way as everything else that's going online and in just mass distribution right yeah exclusivity is fun all the time right like yeah. as, the more exclusive you get in in anything the the better you feel in selling so um yeah so we have several manufacturing partners that uh grant us exclusive products uh, to their group so that members can benefit from having this plus their exclusive territory. Mm. Now, you guys also do things, and I, I think that this is really important because 
I'm sure the dealers that work with you sell some of your products, and they sell probably products by other companies too, and they, and they may or may not compete with the stuff that, that you offer them. But from what I've seen, and I want to go into this a little bit, it seems like you guys are also investing just in general in growing the business, period, right? So you're investing in growing your dealer's business, period, and trusting that the companies you represent will get their fair share of the pie. And I think there's a lot of nervousness in our industry about like not trusting dealers that way. Like We'll trust you to grow our brand, but not to grow your whole business, because that could mean that you start selling somebody else's stuff. You, you know, Can you talk about that? Like, Why are you not afraid of that? So in, in, and maybe this is about me being a bit naive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that if you combine an excellent product, an excellent service, and also that you've built a very transparent uh, reputation of being trustworthy, when you combine all this, you're building the most solid foundation there is. Um, so our members, you know, it, the UBG members, when they look at the partners that uh, align themselves with UBG, they they will make a diligent effort to have a conversation, and they they will be selling other products too. But at least there's that honest conversation and yeah. the desire to make this succeed. And, and I'd imagine that that grows loyalty too. That when someone sees that you're invested in them, regardless that's going to start to give you the benefit of the doubt when they're in situations where they could go one way or the other. And I think that that's kind of been, honestly, the heart behind this podcast even has been, let's grow our industry. And like, we're going to trust that if we can grow the industry, right? In a high tide, all ships rise. We talk about that a lot. And it seems like from the exposure I've had to UBG, that there's a lot of dealers that are like total pro UBG, that they're, that they believe that you guys are investing in them. I think it's difficult to do. Yeah, and but it takes time to build that relationship, even with our own members. You know, some some have had uh, with some members we've had closer relationships with, and others they're new to their group. So it takes time. But what I found with the past years, existing members are willing to help the new members uh, because they don't compete with with one another. They're willing to help each other out. Yeah. So the networking it creates. So when they get together, they don't have to watch their back on about who's listening. Yeah. They know they can talk openly and honestly, and it's not time to brag about things or exaggerate numbers. We can all be down to earth, be real, yeah. help each other out. And there's a lot of that networking happening in the group. And that's that's a comment we get from several of our members as to the thing they appreciate the most from the UBG, more than the pricing. I believe it. Mm. You know, I, I think actually that the community is like the most valuable thing you can take away. And, and I've even found that with our podcast is like as the podcast has continued to evolve, there's been a community forming with it. Now we have the Firetime Network as well. And and I feel like the relationships in the community are, are I mean, a bigger benefit than just about anything because that's really where you learn best practices. You can see roadblocks that maybe you're up against something and someone else, you know, they figured that roadblock out three years ago. Man, I mean, that's super valuable. And I want to ask you this. One thing that you told me, and maybe I'm not supposed to say this, but you told me that on average, you can save a business $50,000 bottom line per million dollars in revenue that they do. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So... 
you think about this a lot, and we, we haven't talked a lot of the podcast about this subject necessarily, but top line revenue is amazing, right? We're all happy with it. But top line actually doesn't mean anything because, right, if you sell a million dollars a year or $5 million a year or $10 million, whatever it is, that actually doesn't matter if you don't take it home, right? So bottom line numbers matter a lot. And $50,000 of bottom line, that's a ton of money. Like that's an extra position. That's, you know, more money in the bank for if there's an economic downturn. Like that's a big deal. But, but you're saying that that's on average about what you can save people. Yeah. And that's it's on the table for all of our members. Wow. So, you know, Tim, like to generate 50 grand bottom line, you know, like if, if we're doing a good job in business, our net net income, you know, like is about between what you know if we're doing an excellent job five i was to say eight eight percent yeah five you know, to eight percent sometimes man. we get to ten you know if ten's we're really, crazy 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 yeah but so so figure that that 50 grand is your you know let's say 10 percent how much more do you have to sell on the top line yeah. to generate this if you don't buy right yeah yeah, that's really good. And and you guys run Buyers University every year. I'm actually really excited because I'm going to be going out to that this year. And I've heard about it, but so Buyers University is set up as a three-day event, right? And it has social time. It's got kind of classroom learning. And then it has a showroom floor where you can look at products and you can you know set your purchases up for the next year or so. How does Buyers University work and where do you guys hold that? So we change location every year. It's always in April. Um... So this year we'll be in Florida, near Tampa, and we selected a resort. It's beautiful. Uh, in April, you know, if you come from the north. Oh, man, from the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> I'm going to be looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. so you, you, you feel warm for a few days. So we have, on the first day, we have education sessions. Uh, about 20, 22 sessions are offered to the members through the day. Um, we do uh, this year. This is new. Uh, we're we're gonna spend one hour to give back. Um, so we uh, partnered up with uh, an organization. They're based in uh, Orlando. It's called um, No Child Hungry. Oh wow! And they actually pack meals, uh, FDA approved non-perishable yeah. meals, and they they will come to the trade show. They'll set up production lines. Yeah, and. They, they do it for other organizations in trade show setups. So they set up those production lines and they claim that if we're about 200 people helping out in one hour, we will be packing about 50,000 meals. Whoa. Uh, this is pretty amazing. So, so this is new this year. And so we're hopeful that we'll turn, turn out a lot of meals and distribution is super well organized, you know. So we feel good about this because it, it's more, um, it's a, a hands-on contribution for an hour. Uh, donating money is always good to a foundation, but when it's hands-on and it's real, you know, tangible, yeah. it's kind of cool. So we're doing this this year. We have um, the next day we have a general assembly. We present the updates on the group. Uh, I hear you'll probably hit the stage for that. <laughs> I've heard so. that. I've heard that. <laughs> uh, so we have short presentations of several partners of the group, plus the trade show floor. Mm. Uh, yeah, purchase, purchase orders on the floor. It's a lot of fun. So uh, normally within like six, seven hours of trade show time, there's about a thousand purchase orders wow. being placed. Normally the exhibitors are happy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they're happy. Yeah, that's really cool. So I want to ask you this then. With, with your 
exposure to all the dealers in, I mean, really North America, period, Canada and the U.S., what do you see as the biggest thing that retailers are searching for right now? That's a good question. Um, the biggest pain I've heard in the past two years is insurance. Um, just last week, uh, one of our members called me. Uh, he said, Dom, are we ready? Is the program ready? And I said, yes, finally. But So their liability insurance, they have five stores. It went a year ago from $65,000 to just over a hundred thousand dollars wow and they're shopping and there's a lot of insurance companies that just don't want to insure that category anymore so it's been challenging and then you have a claim it makes it worse you know so so insurance has been a big pain um both on liability and i think on the health side oh yeah right so uh, health insurance is one way to retain good employees yes so if you have a good program that you know, keep keeps the cost to a reasonable in a reasonable scope. Yeah. So we're very proud that we're able to provide solutions for this now. But that's been the, the biggest pain. Like seriously, the, as far as products are concerned, you know, there there are specific things. You know, different members are looking for, but it depends on the region. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Tim, you you're aware of. You know, the threat we have on our industry, you know, natural gas, yeah. uh, it's been net zero, yep. uh, decarbonization, uh, banning wood yeah. here and there, you know. So so as business owners, it's also where are we going? Yeah. What should we do? Yeah. Uh, should we diversify? How do I secure my business? Uh, so all of that, you know, obviously we're as a buying group, we need to branch out. Yeah to other things too so to help our, our our businesses survive you know we're all family businesses here yeah. it matters yeah that's true so I want to ask you this then to close out you've been in this now you said I mean almost 20 years now where where do you see UBG in 10 years so um, in 10 years uh, our vision uh, is that the um, succession plan has been completed. So uh, the new generation of owners that has appeared in the past four or five years, there will be more and more of them. Yeah. Uh, what's fun with the younger generation, they bring a fresh energy, a fresh look on things. Um, not that the older generation was wrong, uh, not at all. Uh, but youth brings energy. Sure. And this is fun. Uh, it it forces us to become better, to look at new things. Uh, I see UBG hopefully to be about uh, reaching maturity on the fireplace side, mm -hmm. uh, as far as the number of members in the group. Uh, and our partners, our manufacturing partners, to be also uh, very strong because they've grown. They've been uh, successful with our, our, our dealerships. So I see UBG hopefully like delivering always better value to the, to the members and to the manufacturers. So yeah. this is what we aim for. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So is UBG actively involved then in helping businesses with succession planning? 
We have, uh, as part of the group, we have two partners that uh, offer that service. So uh, we're very proud to have them on board. They've already done work with our members to help them out. So, uh, yeah, we have two to consultants that work in that regard. Wow, that's amazing. You know, that's a topic that has just been coming up so much. I mean, I think in the next 10 years, you're right, there's going to be a lot of turnover in our industry. And it's been a shame. I, I've seen businesses just shut the doors or basically sell for the price of the parts in the warehouse, and that's not what you want, right? Yeah. With a little bit of work. you know, Maybe it'll take you a year or two, but like with a little bit of work, you can, you can get your business in a place where you've worked it for 20 years, like you should make a little bit of money and set somebody else up with an amazing business that can flourish long-term. That's what we all want, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think most business owners, they want their name or their business to continue to flourish, yeah. like you said, right? They, they want it to be successful. Yeah. So, so there's a lot that can be done today to, to, to make sure that it succeeds in the future. And we're hopeful that UBG can support in that regard. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Dom, I really appreciate this conversation. It has been great to get to talk to you in person as opposed to just these emails and phone calls. And I'm excited for the value that you're bringing to the table for dealers. Thanks for coming on board today. Well, thank you, Tim. And thanks for being part of the UBG as well. Yeah, my pleasure. And I'll see you in, how do you say it? Uh, Via de Quebec? Ville de Quebec, yeah. And I'll see you in Ville de Quebec in October. Awesome. All right, thanks. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Dominique. I know I loved getting to talk to him and hear in detail about what him and UBG are doing. And I think at the heart of it, it, it's crazy to think that just a few years ago, UBG was two dealers that had gotten burned by a manufacturer. And look at it now, hundreds of dealers with their own trade show that have combined their resources to grow themselves and the group at large. That's pretty cool. And I think that you should be thinking about that. What can you do to partner with someone and grow? In the midst of this crisis, now is the time to pick up the phone. Call up that friend in the industry. Call up that sales rep. Call up that manufacturer. And let's start brainstorming what can we do to get through this together. I think as we look at the hearth industry, you know, we've gotten here by doing what we've always done. And that's not bad. It's not to take away from people that have come in the past. Many times, though, what we've always done has been very tight-fisted, where we keep our secrets to ourselves, we don't share well with others, and we forge ahead the best that we know how. And no one can argue with the results, but if we're going to grow in the future, we're going to have to do it together. We are being faced with challenges on every side. We just got through all of the NSPS regulations with wood burning. We've got the fight of our lives coming up over the next 10 years for natural gas, And now we have the COVID-19 crisis coming in on top of all of that. I heard an awesome saying the other day, and it said that when you're surrounded on all sides, you can attack in any direction. And that's kind of where our industry is right now. So let's attack together. If we're surrounded, let's join forces and let's carve a path out of here. One of the ways that we're doing that is through the FireTime Network. So I've talked about this for the last couple weeks in the podcast, but me and Grant Falco decided to create a social media platform for the hearth industry out of the community of this podcast. And if you go to thefiretimenetwork.com, you can sign up totally for free. But we're seeing literally hundreds of people from our industry connecting together, sharing best practices, and just learning what they need to take take their business to the next level. We've been doing a weekly speakeasy call over Zoom where people come from 
the West Coast, all the way out to Newfoundland, Canada. And we just share what is going on right now in the midst of the crisis. The encouragement and the community that are coming out of this are incredible, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. So you need to go to thefiretimenetwork.com today and sign up. The last thing I'll say today before I sign off is this. Gary Keller, the CEO of Keller Williams, talks a lot about the value of coming together with other people and of building models. So if you're looking to attack a goal and you don't know what to do, say you want to lose weight and you go to the gym, well, unless you have a model, it's going to be really hard to lose weight because you don't know which weights to lift, you don't know how far to run, and you don't know how to eat when you get back to your house. If you've encountered someone that already has a model that can say, hey, you're going to want to lift these weights this often. You're going to want to run this much and you want to eat these foods. If you can do that for six weeks, you're going to lose weight and feel a lot better. Okay, that's a model. Now, that model can only be discovered by you if you are in community with other people. So the choice that we have as we're all pivoting right now in the midst of the crisis is we can try to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps or we can realize that there's already people that have built models that can work now and in the future. And if we're partnering with those people, and this is a race, because we're sharing secrets, we're already starting two miles ahead versus back at the starting line where you'd be if you were doing this yourself. So I hope that this has given you encouragement to reach out to someone and figure out how you can sharpen each other to help your businesses grow in the midst of this pandemic. And with all of that in mind, I hope that you guys go out and have an amazing week. People are looking for leaders, and it is up to you to be a blessing and lead the way for those that count on you. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough slow is fast and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to we'll see you next time all in to burn 